All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Baskin and Phelps. Dan Menigan is in today. 216-578-0092. As you know by now, Browns, Bills move to Detroit on Sunday. If we have any more ticket information, we will pass it along your way. Right now, though, we go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We welcome in. Uh, he's borderline friend of the show. I'll make him friend of the show. He's friend of the show right now. Former Buckeye and in the Dog Pound podcast, co-host Raw and Unfiltered Football. His name is is Mike Tomzak. Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you, Mike? Likewise, guys. Thanks. I'm a fan of the show. Been listening for long time listener, first time caller. Second time caller, at least. I mean, we've talked at least once before. Listen. I know, I know. I just that, that was the old jargon they used to use in Pittsburgh. Hey, it, this is Mike from Blonox. Long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. Hey, I'm from Mars. Happy gum band. Yeah. Um, you played in some of the worst weather cities in the NFL, Chicago, Green Bay, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Detroit on the outside of the stadium. My, my question for you is, should they have moved this game? Well, I, I think NFL airs on the side of safety, right? Right. Just think how many people had to get there, emergency vehicles. They, didn't pred- they can't predict how much snow is going to happen during the course of the game. But, you know, it's out of the players and the, and the team's, you know, hands. Obviously, the NFL – their shield is a lot more powerful than the players and the teams. So they have jurisdiction on where to move games and what time slot they need to put them in. Mike, as a player, wouldn't you have wanted to play in this game or no? Yeah, we just got off the practice field here at Youngstown State, and we got a nice squall going here. We got about an inch and a half, two inches of the snow on the turf, and we got a game tomorrow against Southern Illinois in our finale. And, Players love it. I mean, they get fired up. They love these conditions, and that's why you live in Northeast Ohio or in the general facilities. And you know, I, I think you know, as a kid growing up, you guys probably experienced it. You know, with inclement weather and doing some things outside that you normally don't get a chance to do. So it makes it fun. It makes you bring it back to those childhood days. Mike, did you ever play in a game that got moved? Uh, geez, in the that's it. You go back like 45 years, man. <laughs> no, because uh, the only reason I'm just wondering yeah, if it's I, any like difference in preparation, if you know your game was supposed to be played one place and now it's heading somewhere else, if there's any difference in preparation that comes from that. I don't think, you know, the more you talk about it, then it, then it becomes a problem, right? You know, if Stefanski's smart, he's going to say, here's the deal. We're playing at 1 o'clock in Detroit. It's another road game, just like anything, and our opponents are going to be Buffalo. So, you know, it's how they present it. But, you know, the players in their own little pods are going to say, damn, why we got to go? You know, I wish I played in Buffalo. You know, we could have played there. So you just got to go wherever your ownership takes you, right? You're just like a show horse. You go wherever the circus goes. (laughs) Depending on the size of you, it has to do with the different animals. You know, offensive linemen, elephants. Well, you know, the deep is in the outside of DBs and the receivers. They're the stars of the circus, right? They're the true. masters of entertainment. So, 
But it's quite interesting. You guys have any weather conditions up there right now? Um, downtown's okay. Yesterday was a little uh, a little weird in the morning. It's supposed to get a little bit what a little bit over the weekend here, right? Yeah, they're starting to talk that we're going to see a little bit of it over the weekend. They're they're rumbling about six inches in a winter storm watch, but we'll see. Yeah, and, and this all happened what in the last twenty four hours, I think. Yeah, you know, logistics are maybe forty eight hours of logistics, and you know, think about the TV crew, their priorities set up, the CBS crew or whatever they have out there, and they got to move it to Detroit, and and then Buffalo plays on Thursday night. Yeah, that, Thanksgiving, don't they? Or yeah, Thursday so that, I think that was probably yeah, one Thursday of the afternoon against the Lions on how we ended up there. Look yeah. at you, you're so media friendly. You're you're worried about Thank the crew. You. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I worry about the crew. I mean, they bring it live. <laughs> We're going live. Like, what are your thoughts <laughs> on the rest rehearsal in these games? That's true. Go ahead. Uh, no, your thoughts on the team right now after what happened last week? I, it was just so disappointing to see a team that was coming off their best win of the season against Cincinnati, and then they had a week off and just laid a tremendous egg in Miami. Yeah, you know what a letdown for the staff, right? The coaching staff. Yep. I mean, here they thought they, you know, can bank on one game. They could put it on tape and watch it over and over again, the successful plays, you know, the the bonding, you know, the momentum to show that and then go down to Miami. And, you know, that first drive, guys, you know, they went up 7 nothing. They they had a nice run back in the kickoff, and you guys probably went through the game already. But by and large, you know, I was optimistic that they were going to be able to go stride for stride with Miami. But, geez, oh, man, Miami's running game, they just kept on gashing the Browns' defense and, you know, that over 200 yards rushing, which is, you know, uncharacteristic for the Browns to give that up. Matter of fact, they gave it up against the Chargers, didn't they? About three weeks prior to that. Yeah, and New England didn't look real good the either. The Chargers had 200 and some yards, right? So, you know, they got many issues, you know, on the field. Um, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I know we work hard down here at Youngstown State getting a game plan together, you know, trusting and, and, being the expect, expectation level of those guys going out there and execute the game plan. But, you know, by and large, you know, they did a good job on defense, you know, keeping those big play receivers, you know, from those big explosive plays. So you tip your hat to them for that. But, you know, then, then they got to put out another fire somewhere else, and that's in the rushing game defensively. And, you know, they, they held our man Chubb, you know, down to, what, 18 yards in the first half. So you look at that at halftime, you think, what could we do differently? And they just didn't come out of the locker room in the second half and really establish any momentum. Mike Tomzak, former, former Browns quarterback. Of course, you can hear him and Hanford Dixon, Eric Medcalf, Frank Stams, uh, Leroy Horde, and others on the In the Dog Pound pod, uh, Poundcast uh, through NFL alumni media. Awesome stuff in there. They break down the games, tell locker room stories, all sorts of stuff like that. It's definitely worth a listen with Mike and the guys. Mike, if you're game planning against the Browns, what does your game plan look like to take down this defense? To take down the defense? Yep. To attack the Browns defense? To attack the Browns defense because it it's that yeah. whole thing, Mike, where it's like that's how I would look at it is I would ask some other coach like, hey, how do you take this down? Okay, now how do I make sure you can't do it that way? And I want to see if there's like an overlap there that the Browns can fix during the season. Yeah. Well, it, it, a lot of the in-game adjustments, guys, is where it needs to happen. I mean, you know, when you're sitting in a nice cozy office, you know, with other coaches and you come up with a game plan, you know, your expectation as a coach is these guys are going to perform at a high level. But when the ball snaps, you know, all hell breaks loose. You got a guy that's out of his gap. You got a safety in the corner aren't communicating. 
and then you have issues. So the head coach is not only putting a fire out with a defense, then he's got to turn around. we got the punt team out there or punt return team. Then something happens there. So he's putting out a fire there. One thing after another, when they think they fix it, you know, against Cincinnati, what they have five sacks, I think against Joe Burrow. And yep. they thought they fixed, you know, that uh, inefficiency on defense. And then, you know, they give up 200-plus yards rushing. Then their linebackers are getting blown off, and the defensive ends are rushing up the field and creating big gaps. So I guess if I game plan, I'm going to run the football and play action, and that's what Buffalo does very well. You know, they got those guys that can go down the field. You know, we know about digs and stuff, but there's other dudes out there that can get vertical. But they got a pretty good running back in Singletary, and I'm sure they're going to feature him a little bit. And that's when offenses really flourish, guys when you're able to get that running game going to some capacity, it hasn't changed over a hundred years. It really hasn't. You establish a run on offense, you stop it on defense, but you know, right now the Browns aren't doing much of anything except for losing games. Mike Tomzak, former Ohio state quarterback, former NFL quarterback for a couple of teams too. Mike, when we, it's one of the problems I think with the Browns too, is that people are starting to wonder, and I think it's primarily because you're losing. Everybody starts questioning who the leader is, who's doing this and why isn't this guy stepping up and why isn't – I'm I'm just curious, like, what defines a good leader in locker room at the NFL level? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, obviously seniority helps, right? Right. And when you win in games, that helps as well. And I remember my rookie year in Chicago, I mean, we had, you know, two handfuls worth of leaders, you know, because they were just kicking ass and taking names. And, you know, from the likes of Gary Fensick and Dan Hampton and Mike Singletary, just to name a few, right. on the defensive side. And then you have Jay Hogenberg and Jimbo Colbert and Walter Payton. So when I went in there as a young 22-year-old, you know, my eyes were so big, you know, my ears were so absorbent. And I just followed suit because after leaving Ohio State as a captain, you know, I felt as if I was a leader. And then you go into an environment where these are grown men and, you know, this is a job. Uh, leadership you know when you see it, right? You know when you see it, and you see a lot of people following great leaders, but when you have inconsistency in that leadership, because we were talking about this in our podcast, guys, from, you know, the first week, first couple of weeks of training camp, and, you know, we were trying to identify who the real leaders were. And Nick Chubb, you know, was first and foremost. You know, Miles Garrett, you know, comes out front, but I don't know these guys personally, and they don't seem like vocal guys, but they're playing the field seems to dictate they can be a leader. I'm not there every day. You guys aren't privy enough to hear, you know, the goings on, but you know, teams get on a slide like this. I don't care how good a leader you are. There's, there's dissension, there's greed hmm. and there's lack of focus and until they, it's, it starts from the head guy. I don't care if it's Haslam. I don't care if it's a fancy, I don't care if it's a GM, but somebody's got a gosh dang stand up and take the bull by the horns in order for them to preserve their season. There's still a lot of football left, but you know, it seems like everyone's waiting for this Deshaun Watson thing to kind of rear his head and see how good he really can be. And I think that's BS. I think you go out and play for each other. Mike, before we let you go, good luck tomorrow. Southern Illinois taking on Youngstown State where you're an assistant coach. Um, uh, it, you know, I love FCS football. Just as I was in Montana for five years, and I, just, I love the playoffs. Oh and I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to – I'm looking forward to watching the the big boys get into more of a uh, tournament style thing, and um, I, I just good luck to you and and uh, everybody at Youngstown State. And you guys ready to roll tomorrow for your final home game? Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. You know, getting seven victories would be ideal for this program, and hopefully a chance to get in the playoffs. And 
you know, they take 24 teams, as you guys know. Right. And hopefully we're one of those 24, and we got a good opportunity in front of us. And we have leaders over here. Our coach, head coach Doug Phillips does a great job with his, the program here and, you know, the values and the principles that we have here. And we have a great president who's on the way out, mm-hmm. President Trussell. Just put a staple in here in Youngstown and Ohio State. So I appreciate your time. In the dog pound, it's a great, great listen. Uh, it's raw and unfiltered, and we don't hold anything back, especially Leroy Horde. He talks for a whole half hour without taking a breath. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate your time appreciate here, Mike. You the best. <laughs> Again, good luck tomorrow. Guys. Good Take luck care. tomorrow, Mike. Bye-bye. Thanks. Enjoy Thank the holiday. You. Thank you. Mike Tomzak, quickly becoming super friend of the show. Um, in the Dog Pound podcast, raw and unfiltered football talk. And again, he's an assistant at, at Youngstown State, and they have their last game at home tomorrow against Southern Illinois. That's a noon kickoff at Stan Boss Stadium. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast.